Scry Syndrome podcast. I'm Ben Gilman. As always, I'm joined by he's our stats man and Ben Bully number one. It's Tom Hill. That's harsh, man. Um, our the best storyteller and Ben Bully number two, Dan Rudge. Fair. <laughs> and number three, if he keeps talking about wrestling this week, we're going to change the name of this podcast to Steroids Eye Syndrome. It's Bully. It's Ben Bully number three, Troy Salmon. What's up? The tribal chief is in the building. You've been infected by Dan. I, that's what I. That's what I. That's what I bring. Anyway, how are you? How are you, knuckleheads doing? Yeah, he calls us bullies of him and immediately calls us knuckleheads. Fighting <laughs> <laughs> this, bro. Um, hey, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. How are ben, you? as a tribal chief, I'm the one who does the name con around here. <laughs> you uh, yeah, we no, we no, we haven't we haven't done the proper introduction for our esteemed host. The philanthropic and philosophical fashionista, but not quite fascistic, dictator for life, Ben Gilman. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. That's a great <laughs> you make me sound like I'm River, mate. Don't do that. Right, no. <laughs> <laughs> how is everyone, anyway? How is um, how are things? I'm doing good, you know. A bit tired, but a little bit of a headache. But, you know, I'm, I'm powering through it for you guys. I'm powering through it for the people out there watching this video. That's it. I'm wearing new glasses. I've had headaches for the last couple of weeks and I realised I need to change my glasses. So now I'm wearing new glasses. My eyes are nice and happy and relaxed. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Apparently, I now look like a specky twat, according to my brother, because it's really <laughs> harsh. No glasses. Damn. Cheers, bro. I know you're listening to this, you little Ooh, fucker. Really? All right. So who's going first this week? I will go first this week, my people. You sound like a Russian Bond villain. Oh, yes, I do. Yes. Uh, stop touching yourself. Right? Go and get on with it. I thought you were doing, you were doing the geisha impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. What have I stepped into? Uh, we are all we are trained in the art of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to go on that. I knew it. Well, the conversation sounds like something exactly at the same time. Like that. <laughs> Romania. I don't know why my geisha is also Dracula. But... Exactly, it's not a Dracula. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's okay. Romanians can be geishas too. There's no set, far set rule. That Romanian right. voice is so sexy. But anyways, that's another story. We're gonna get into this, yo. We're gonna get to this, my peoples. So we're gonna kick this off with a a new pick. It's it's kind of a new pick. So. I've watched this. I literally binged it with the fam. And I love every second of it. It's called, you guys probably know it, or you may have even seen it, Amazon Prime's Truth Seekers. So, any of you guys heard of it? Or seen even trailers of it? No, I haven't. What, for real? Haven't you? No. I think I've seen a picture. Oh my gosh, okay. I've seen nothing. Oh my god, this is, oh, you're going to be for a treat. You have the floor, Troy. You're going to be in with a treat. Okay. So, Truth Seekers. Um, so, it's created by Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Two legends of the English Sci fi comedy. Nice. I've seen, yes. I've seen interviews with this. Okay. I know where you're coming from. British now. comedy horror. Okay. So, like a web series. Amazon Prime has backed it. Even Sony's kind of helping distribute it as well. 
So it's just got a big backing behind it. It's solid. Even the effects, I'm like, yo, the effects are quite solid. But let's get into this. Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, James, Sirifon Nowitz, and Nat Saunders. They're the people who created the actual show altogether. But um, it was directed by Jim Field and just starred Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Because Simon Pegg kind of takes a little bit of a backseat in the show until that towards the very end. Because you kind of see me like, why is Simon Pegg doing more? But then you kind of see it towards the end of where it's going. So, but before we go there, let's just start this off. So it's an eight-episode season, by the way. So it's kind of like a mini almost slash season, almost, but it's really good, solid. And it talks about, actually, it brings up a great point about, it talks about the 5G kind of thing. So it's about 6G. So they're running 6G in this in this world right now. And basically Nick Frost, he's like the, the broadband guy. He goes around trying to find everyone's um, Wi-Fi, tries to fix it. But at the same time, he's like a ghost hunter. He does his own YouTube channel, like, like Moa and, and yourselves. So he has on YouTube channel trying to find these spectres in these haunted abandoned houses. And at the same time, he's, he's got his job of literally just fixing Wi-Fi from putting 16 houses. And he goes around to these um, remote places and try and put 16 in these houses where they're haunted and they don't really work anymore. So that's kind of like the primary premise of the show. But at the same time, <laughs> there's other characters who join the show, like um, there's um, a new guy who joins, um, he's called Ghost New Partner, called Elton, Elton John. <laughs> That's his name. He goes, Elton. Nick goes, okay, um, um, what's your name? He goes, Elton. And so what's your last name? Uh, John. He was like, nah, 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 that can't be real name. So he goes, yeah, he is. He's uh, my real name. It's a shame so, it's not the real Elton John. You know, if you've seen The Second Kingsman, you know he's a riot. <laughs> yeah, that's a so yeah, so he's like his best friend, but as you see throughout the show, He's got certain abilities. He's, he's, he's like a, a medium in a way. He can unlock um, certain ghostly realms and just, um, basically shut down certain doors or some certain spirits. But at the same time, he's got a little little powers here and there. Um, Hang on, did you just say Nick Frost was a medium? No, not Nick Frost. He's um his friend, his new partner in the on the actual six G run on his in the broadband business. Okay, just, just yeah. as well because he strikes yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. Not him, not him. If he had powers, I'd be like, what is Nick Frost doing? What is going on? But um, it's um, this guy called Samson Kayo. He plays him on Elton John. He's a, he's a great actor, this guy. Young guy. Really good. And everyone knows about Nick Frost. Not everyone knows how good Nick Frost is. Yeah. But one or half of the ultimate duo with him and Simon Pegg. You know? And Simon Pegg is basically playing the boss called Dave. Oh, so he does have a little bit of a role then. Yeah, so he's, he's the boss. You see him from time to time. He goes in the office and goes, well done, guys. You set up a new 6G in this certain area. Well done. Give him a pat on the back a little times and he goes. At the same time, <laughs> he's getting um <laughs> stalked by this random guy. We don't know who he is until that towards the end of the season. He's getting stalked by people getting random pictures sent to him of people watching him saying, we see you. And he's saying, uh, Bjorn, Bjorn, can you fix this for me? Throughout the whole, <laughs> throughout the whole show. It's just funny. It's the most random thing, but it's just funny, isn't it? Because he's going to get this guy called Bjorn trying to help him fix his um, his his phone and internet connection is like, <clears throat> about? why are you running 6G? And literally nothing works. But at the same time, apparently he has 8G in the back stored up. I don't know how are these Wi-Fi's basically working like this. I don't know if it's 6G, 7G, 8G. I don't know what. They're taking a out of 5G. But apparently he's got 6G. And I don't want to spoil it because this is a massive spoiler. I don't want to say anything else because I don't want to say too much because it's, it's, it's amazing. So, um, Elton John, his sister is an basically an agrophobic, yeah, agrophobic. Yeah, so she's literally she can't go anywhere unless she gets a little bit of help or um 
she's saying, okay, can you get this for me from the shops? Because everyone knows about COVID, so they can't leave the house. Uh, um, can I ask you, is she a fat black woman? Yes. Well, not fat. No, hold on. What I'm saying is I've noticed she's in a lot of things recently yes, that I've been yes, watching. Yes, 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 I don't know her name. She's got yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Bag. She's been in, oh, Fleabag, other things. She's been a lot. She's big a lot. shout out to her. I will find out her. Yeah, she's, she's, she's really good. She is really good. She's, she's coming up. She's coming up, though. She's coming up. She's really, slowly and steadily, she's coming up. Yeah. But yeah, she plays the, um, the sister. And she's kind of like the left behind, kind of in the background type of sister. She's like, oh, the brother you've always been um, more favored. Um, my family left behind. She's uh, like, Susan Wakoma. Thank you, Dan. Yes. Susan Wakoma. There we go. So I don't remember the name because I was looking at it. I was like, that name says Wakoma. Yes, that is her name. Um, okay. So we have the main villain of the show. Well, not the main villain, but the villain throughout the season. Julian Barrett, who plays Peter Toynbee. So he's like this kind of cultist. He's kind of madman. Sort of like a, a Lex Luthor type villain. The master plan type of thing, you know. He's trying to create a portal, trying to be immortal. So that's the goal of his his um his um premise in the show. He's he's trying to be immortal. That's the whole premise of the show. He's the main villain, um, and he's trying to kill all these people, do a mass murder, mass suicide type of thing to try and gain this power. So a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff going on in the show. It's it's amazing if you're into that kind of sci-fi slash supernatural ghost stuff. Like that, in a way, it almost reminds me of being human a little bit. In terms of like the, the the humor and the way it's shot in certain places, but it's really good. If you've seen this, watch the trailer. They trust me, it's amazing. This show is really good. Get there, watch it. Amazon Prime. Bow. So that's the speakers. There we go. So check it out. All right. Really good. Really good. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Check it out. True speakers. Literally, that's probably the best thing to watch, right? Um. So next up, it's gonna be something different. Okay, so it's a it's a YouTube show. Something a little bit different for y'all. It's called Jody's Corner. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Guy, yeah, it's a guy called Jody. Yeah, um, and he has this live setup where he talks about all these kind of topics. So it's called Jody's Corner. Anyone go on YouTube? YouTube.com. Um, it's called Jody's Corner. That's his um YouTube handle. Um, so this this is a little bit different. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Have you heard of jo- Jody? No. no. Please explain. Okay. So, he's basically a YouTuber that's been around for um, a while now. He's basically one of the guys who's literally pushed Wonder Woman into the stratosphere. Literally, he's been supporting. Have you seen his reactions? He's like, he's crying all the time. He's like, oh my God, Wonder Woman. She's going to save the DCEU. She's going to save us. So basically, literally, he was the one who's pushing for a new DC direction that you see today. Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and not so much the Snyderverse, which has literally been set in the past. Are you guys the fan of the Snyderverse or the, or the new direction of DC? What do you guys think about it? I don't watch superhero films anymore, so I can't comment. <laughs> I think um... it's the DC universe because it was doing so poorly. I do exactly. enjoy, enjoyed Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, DC universe has not impressed me as of. Is that the one with the Roman Reigns lookalike guy? <laughs> oh, Jason oh, Momoa. <laughs> Everyone always says that. <laughs> if he was sick about SmackDown tomorrow, no one would know the difference. Oh my gosh, really? Okay. That's he's Jason like, Momoa. Uh, he's a very <clears throat> good actor. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Yeah. Yes. He is. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, so basically, so Jody, he has his group. He calls himself the, the Just Us League. So him and his friends, maybe oh, you find him on the show. Yes, of course. Yeah, the Just Us League. So they have their own names. So Jody is Superman. He's Superman. Um, some of them don't have their own names. They kind of like affiliates, but they got the code. Um, got E, who's called himself Green Arrow. Calls himself that. Um, they have a Batman that, but they kind of like disbanded because you know the certain YouTubers to get together, but they kind of disbanded. But they're kind of part of the same league. But um, Jody, he's the main guy. He set up all these um next kind of um red carpets. He's um promoting Wonder Woman. He's actually like the number one Wonder Woman guy. But Jody's corner, he has so much topics in there and he does games, game stuff in there as well. Similar to um what culture and stuff like that. Similar to that. Um he's, he's, he's amazing. He's amazing. But um if you haven't checked him out, check him out because he, he does stuff on Mondays and Fridays on YouTube. Um if you watch his stuff, he's got adult content as well. Similar similar to in a way um like what we do, but in a different, a different way because I was more of a podcast format. But he's more of a straight articles, breaking them down, um, adult stuff, watching he's reactions. A discussion channel. Discussion, yeah, discussion channel. But time to time, there's, he does a few reactions here and there, movies and stuff like that. Because um, he's not really a horror guy like like me, but um, he's kind of scared of the horror stuff. Don't do the, the demonic stuff. So it's kind of like lighthearted that way as well. So that's another um, one right there. Um, that I watched, Jody's Corner Live is called JCL. Um, I think it's on 130 something right now, 38, yeah, 138 right now. So that's the latest one that's just came out. So if you haven't checked out Jody, check him out. Jody's Corner Live, great <coughs> channel, great discussions. Do it, okay? So that's the second one I got right now. So, what more, more right now? What, what's my time? My time decent right now? What time we can like, Ben? Okay, so a few minutes, yeah, okay. Wow. Then okay. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do like a quick catch up right now, just to just to round it out. I don't want to go on too long. So okay. I have to go do a quick catch up right now. So SmackDown, there we go. SmackDown. Oh uh, <laughs> okay, that's your time. Right. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for you. We're gonna have to move on. For once, um, I agree with Dan, bro. <laughs> If you want a massive podcast, you can give podcast Guys, 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 guys. Let's be fair. Troy will hear you out, then we'll throw you out. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. no, 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 it's like, kind of ironic, um, isn't it? They've given him the best mic worker in the business to work with him. And I know. You see the way from Jay Uso. He was like, "I'm the one who makes the match around here." I was like, "Yo, that's champion." I agree. I love it. He's amazing right now. But yeah, that's just my little two cents. I'm done. I'm done. He has had a whole pile of ideas that he hasn't been able to use for a long time. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I'm going to start off with a bit of a catch up as well. Just on a couple of things. Um, I mentioned, I don't know how many weeks ago, that I'd started watching that anime Black Clover. Oh, yes. Um, I've continued watching it since then, and I thought I'd give a bit of an update on my opinions on it. Um, What I'd heard initially was that um, the annoying part of the anime would die down a bit. What makes... <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. He's he's always shouting about he's shouting the, the main character Asta. For those who don't know, his name is Asta. 
in a world of people who all have magic, he has absolutely none. <laughs> and he ends up getting the power of anti-magic through a demon sword, which is you have to watch it to make more sense of it than I'm going to give you right now because I'm doing a couple of catch-up things. Yeah. Um, what I found from that is that it's not so much that he calms down, yeah. but that his attitude makes more and more sense as the story becomes more and more intense, insane, complex, and watchable. Oh, wow, okay. Um... <clears throat> There is a significant point where it kind of just goes, we're going to sprint for a bit. Then they calm down a little bit, and then they sprint for a bit. And in those moments where they're sprinting, you kind of see exactly why he is how he is. And you see a long-term storyline driven out of his just incessant fucking 300% attitude thing. <laughs> right? So, yeah, I kept watching it. It kept being good. If you're into anime, it's a good one to watch, no matter what you're into. Oh, it's, a slow, so it's a slow starter, but it's getting better. Yeah, I'm going to start watching stuff like that now. I'm going to get back into my anime, so that's a good start. Good read. Uh, and it, it's one of those series that gives rise, like, the fandom is all very much into the if you were in this world what sort of version of person would you be in this world what would you prefer and things like that which magic would you have and all that kind of thing yeah they're a really nice fandom as well so they're inclusive get into it cool i will trust me a black and gold let's get watched um i've also been watching i think off the back of your recommendation troy the new backy oh yes okay the Backy the Grappler ones on yes. Netflix. Backy the Grappler. Um, the remaking. And the new series. And yeah, I have been really enjoying that. It's not for everyone, though. What's no, wrong, man? It is very visceral. Very, very. It is. And there's a lot of violence. And it is like the injury detail is so strong. They have to include a warning right at the beginning. Um, it's really quite something, but it's also, it's fantastic. Really, really enjoying it. It's basically a bunch of fights with excuses for plot in between. But, <laughs> hey, again, if you like anime, this is the anime I've been watching recently. I'm not going to say very much about the documentary series that I've been watching recently because I'm going to do a bit more of a single episode, go through them all yeah. soon. Okay. Um, but suffice to say, I could not watch more than five minutes of American Murderer Next Door. <laughs> wow. I am sorry. That was just too uncomfortable to watch. Um, Easier. And for some people, that might be enough of an endorsement that they go, oh, really? Exactly, some people, yeah. Um, it definitely wasn't for me, but it, it's very gripping, and I've heard great things about it. So that's something. Okay. And um, that's pretty much the catching up done for yeah. now. Yeah. Um, 
So I wanted to talk about another thing that's sort of a nostalgic. Hey, remember this? I absolutely loved this. And I went to research it to talk about it. And what I found was amazing okay. for really, really weird reasons. So what I'm talking about is the Jerry Anderson series, Thunderbirds. Oh, not the horrible CGI one that's come out recently. That, that no, not that's... Thunderbirds or Go. We're, that, that is all we're going to say about Thunderbirds or Go, pretty <laughs> much because I'm entirely ignorant on it. I have no idea what it's like. I'm not going to share. The shit. original good no, one, the classic. Oh, Thunderbirds. Oh, no. But the original Super Marionation. Yes. Thunderbirds. Uh, yeah, growing up in the 90s, like, to me, this was the show to watch right then and there. Everyone had to watch it whenever I was a kid. If any of my friends hadn't watched it, it was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Wow, what, what happened? <laughs> right? Yeah. And it was going and it was like, even on the reruns, we still had, we had to watch it. We all were just hooked on it. I didn't realize how much of reruns it was. So much. This is a show that was produced between 1964 and 1966. <laughs> still holds up. It still holds up. Guaranteed. I, I think it's because it is the puppetry and, and the whole thing is built around that motion and that sort of that very stylized way of doing things that means it just becomes quite timeless. Yeah, it has to be that because you can watch it now and go back and be like, oh my days, it's still so good. Yeah, like it, it was basically for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, if you think about like marionette puppets, things with strings attached to them that are being dangled down and moved around like that. But it was kind of a bit like that with a lot more electronics involved in the puppets and in the movement system for the puppets, which is why mm. they called it Super Marionation. Yeah. And it was that, plus another thing which they used, which was a really creative use of scale model special effects. Yes, yes. There we the go. The detail in the sets is amazing for the time. It was, like. uh, it was incredible. Everything they did was a labor of love. Absolutely every part of everything they did was something which, as a kid, I was like, I just need. I, I, I needed those toys. I had them. I had tons of them. Yeah, I, I, got, a, I got the whole lot of them in a way, not in um, the like die cast models one, yeah. but the ones that you put together and made yourself, but it came with the entire island and the launch system. <laughs> Which is your favourite Thunderbird, then? That's obviously the question. Don't make well. me choose. for the win for me. Like, uh, I don't know. Paul, I, I, I'm, I'm probably going to have to say four. Okay. Four. Um, oh. hmm. oh, I'm such a flipping... I'm a, I'm a, oh, okay, okay, don't, don't let me chew, okay, all right, all right. Okay. Shout out, you got your finger caught in the door. <laughs> all right, uh, okay, I'm, I'm a submersion guy. 
Okay. So I'm looking at a submarine. Oh, Tom. What's your favorite Thunderbird? Oh, I'm a Stingray fan. Stingray! Okay. So again, you'd probably pick four as well. <laughs> yeah, probably. But just just <laughs> again, for the people who don't know what we're talking about, um, the Thunderbirds themselves were pilots. Um, they were um, the sons of a widower, an American ex-astronaut called Jeff Tracy, who sets up a, a company called International Rescue yes, off yes. of his private island. And he works in international rescue with a bunch of people, primarily his five adult sons, Scott, John, Virgil, Gordon and Alan. Yeah. And they're basically founded to save human life. And they have really technologically advanced vehicles that are called into service um, when everything else goes to shit. And the most important of these are the Thunderbird machines. So the Thunderbirds themselves are the pilots. The Thunderbird machines are the things that they are specialized in piloting. Scott is specialized in piloting Thunderbird 1, which is blue and silver like rocket plane. Fast response, disaster zone recon, that kind of thing. Thunderbird 2, which... Um, is piloted by Virgil, is a green sort of, basically, it'll carry anything. Yeah. It's their go-to sort of um, heavy hauler, equipment bringer, whatever's needed. Yeah, it's their tank, yeah, basically. And Virgil's just absolutely adept in using most of these and most of the rest of them are able to come along and help and pilot things if they're needed in all the different things and there, there was just an endless series of pods that thunderbird 2 could carry they came along on this conveyor belt and they were brought up into the center of it and it brilliant thunderbird 3 is a red rocket it's just single stage to orbit spacecraft um alan and john can both use it and Scott's usually co-pilot. And Thunderbird 4 is uh, submersible, a submarine. Yellow uh, with Gordon at the helm. And that's usually used in tandem with Thunderbird 2. You can't, you do see it in one episode just launched from the island, but usually it's carried off somewhere by Thunderbird 2 and then used. And... Finally, Thunderbird 5, a grey and gold space station that orbits the planet and relays distress calls from around the world, usually piloted by John or Alan, who are the space experts of the family. Yes. Um, Yeah, there's a bunch of other people included. Um, Jeff's mother is on the island Brains, the assistant, Brains. Oh, he's the man. I love Brains. Tintin. Snarky. Kirano. Lady Penelope Crichton Ward. Yes, my lady. Aloysius Potter. Yes. Yes, my lady. They're specially modified Rolls Royce, the fab one. Oh, yes. Epic. And they're all, they usually face off against the master criminal known as the Hood. 
who operates from a temple in the Malaysian jungle has backstory with Tintin and Tintin's father and possesses powers of like hypnosis and dark magic and telepathy. <laughs> this guy's basically the Mandarin. Yeah, he's basically it was. <laughs> there was a ve- very much a trope that <laughs> was kind of like that. Yeah. But not as massively racist. Well, here's the thing. It was made in the 60s. Exactly, yeah. So, yes, it was massively racist. <laughs> yeah, if you're a villain, though. Yeah. Here's the thing. It, if you want to go looking for problems in anything from that era, you're going to find them. And you're this fine. thing yeah. was innocent as innocent could be. Yeah. Whatever it was guilty of, everything was guilty of at the time. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it... I absolutely loved this show. Love it. Like, it was so cool. And the fact that it was all puppets just made it even cooler because it was closer to, like, I could actually own something that looked exactly like the show. Yes, looking amazing. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it, it, it was a real thing, and you could get models that were just these smaller-scale versions of the puppets, and they just looked like them. And it was easy to do that, even in the 90s. It wasn't like, you know, do you remember the wrestling figures in the 90s? <laughs> yeah. The things where you had the, the thing on the back that you held down to make Coco beware pop off the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> had those um, with the Power Ranger toys on all of them. Everything. Captain Scarlet, Stingray, everything. I had everything, man. Yeah, I, I loved all of this stuff, all of the Anderson productions things. Uh, Captain Scarlet, Stingray were both oh, absolutely great. And yeah, just honestly, check it out if you haven't seen it. It's like one of those things that everyone should have a chance to see. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Thank you. Keeping it short and sweet, but... Filmed in Technicolor. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Super Marionation. Now I want to change my pick so I can talk about Captain Scarlet and Joe 90, but I won't. Oh, I was Captain Scarlet is the one. Oh, Joe 90. That was the one I forgot. Oh, well, we'll, let, we'll do We can always do it next week. Oh, no, next week is Black Mirror. Wait, I remember, did I talk about Captain Scarlet? I'm trying to remember now. I've got to go back for the archives now. Uh, Captain Scarlet, Thunder Thunder. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. To the Mr. Rons. The enemies for Captain Scarlet, which were just a reflection of two CDs on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am going to call you Mr. Nostalgia now. Because <laughs> podcast. For the voice of the Mr. Rons. That's the way we've called Mr. Charm, like Troy is. Mr. Charm, the legend. No. Okay, Tom, you up, boy? About what? You up? You awake? I'm awake. I'm awake. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. So, going for two very different things this week. Okay. Now, in the good old days, Dan, before you joined our merry little troop, I accused these, the other two people on this podcast. With 
a reasonable amount of justification, I feel, of being absolute Philistines. <laughs> and that I would educate them and Why? talk about things that were true quality because they didn't know about stuff that was really good. Now, oh, what, wow. now what I'm going to talk about today okay. is one that I'm hoping all of you will know, and I'm going to have to say very little because you guys are going to jump in and take over from me. An absolute classic from the 1970s, 40 Towers. Oh, here we go. What did you say? Sorry, I had an audio problem. What did you say? Wonderful. 40 Towers. Oh, I can already see the, the, the branch and the car and the Nazi <laughs> You can hear the music. You can hear all of it. You can see the stupidly misspelled names like flowery twats. You can see all of those things. We it's, could be here for an hour to about 40 Towers, Bob. Oh, this is what I was going to say. This is, I've particularly picked this so that everyone can talk about it. This is one of the greatest pieces of situation comedy that was ever created. If there's Don't one play. comedy that I would send to the rest of the world that this is what we do, it's this one. This Damn is right. And you know what? Even though it is extreme, it's fairly restrained for a John Cleese thing. Yes. But it's crazy in the moments where it needs to be crazy, but it's actually a very, very tight, very, very good comedy. Yes, there are things that would probably now be seen as a little bit dodgy institutionally, like the way he treats Manuel, would probably not go down quite... You couldn't make the show now. No. <laughs> you tried to pitch it, you'd be told, no, you're a racist, get out. But it once again, you can't judge a 70s show by modern standards in that respect. It wasn't intended in that way. It was intended purely to have somebody who he was bossing around and who could say things in a stupid accent. That was basically the whole point of the Manuel character. <laughs> but it's it's such a good show. It's The thing I love about it is that John Cleese, just after 12 episodes, the BBC tried to sign him on for another two series, and he turned around and said, I don't have enough good ideas to do another series. I'm not doing yeah. anything. Like, Can you imagine anyone turning that down these days? Never. Nope. It, it doesn't matter how few ideas you've got going. You're offering me a second, a third, a fourth series? Yeah, I'll take them. doesn't matter if the show then goes downhill. John Cleese went, nope, I've written 12 episodes that are really good. Him and Connie Booth have between them written 12 brilliant episodes. They didn't have enough for a third series, so they just said no. That's why it's held in such high regard, because there is... No dead wood to the show. And for that, we salute them for that. Absolutely. But it's also one of the main reasons why this is regularly picked as the best comedy in the 100 best like TV shows things. Regularly, it beats out everything else. Yeah. It's got brilliant characters, and they play on basic comedy tropes of the nagging wife, the overstressed boss who's actually a freaking idiot, but he's in charge. <laughs> the person who's technically their underburden, but is actually doing all the work, which is played by Connie Booth in... Um... Oh, God, an angel out of my head, Penny. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got really... Sim- it's, it doesn't try and re... doesn't try and recreate anything. Polly, like Polly, sim- Polly, Polly. Polly, sorry, yeah. Polly. It's absolutely simple. It doesn't try to be anything else. And it's beautiful. It's well-paced. It's just... I, I wanted to bring it up just because I absolutely love it. And I felt that it deserved to get discussion on a, t- on a TV podcast. This show deserves to be talked about. It does, it does, it does. 
yeah. Never so ever remake this show. Please. No, I don't. I don't think they ever would. I mean, the closest they've got is they did a documentary. I don't know, man. That's that's it's getting remade. Which they called Forty Towers re reopened, but it was just a documentary. I've actually been to the hotel where Forty Towers is that Forty Towers is based on, in Torquay. It's now been it's now been bulldozed, but it was there until a few years ago. Yeah. And it's almost as bad as the original, as the TV show. You would not believe. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not to embarrass my father on this show, but my dad, my uh, dad and I were staying in the hotel because we were up in Torquay for something. Yeah. I was about and, to say, did you stay? And you yes, we've stayed overnight in the hotel, but it had a swimming pool round the side, but it was very quiet. And me, my dad, his partner, and her son were the only people there. Like literally, no one else was in the hotel. So we were in, me and my partner's somewhere in the swimming pool and we looked up and my dad was sitting on the toilet. There's a full length mirror next to the toilet. And he's sitting <laughs> reading paper. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my Seriously, God. You couldn't, you couldn't have written it. It was just like, that's just wrong. <laughs> anyway, I'm getting away from the subject. Yes. Faulty Towers is rightly one of the best comedies across the world. There are very few things that even come close to being as good as Faulty Towers is. Yeah. And I will fight anybody who tries to say it differently. I've no fights in this podcast this week by the looks of it. Nope. Well, we shall see. Okay, so yeah, thank you for letting me get off my chest. Um... My second one is a slightly different thing, and you may know this, you may not. It was a, it's a panel show. It's been defunct now for about eight years called Argumental. Oh, Argumental. Don't know if any of you know this. Who's on it? it I was absolutely enjoy this show. I haven't watched anywhere near enough of it, but everything I've seen about it, I've absolutely adored. Well, I think I introduced you to it, quite possibly. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, so, the basic, it, was, it was hosted for the first two or three seasons by John Sargent. Oh, okay. And, but the team captains, you had, so you had a team captain on each side. One was Marcus Brigstock, the other was Rufus Hound. Oh, Rufus Hound, now there's a guy. Ooh. And this, this was kind of his big break was this show, and they had one teammate with them, so uh, Dara Breen appeared a few times, uh, Sean Locke appeared a few times, he then took over hosting in the fourth season, and it's, um, so basically the idea is you've got two teams, they're given a whole load of subjects, and one team has to argue, argue it for one side, the other team has to argue it for the other side, yeah. and you've got different rounds, it's very simple, so the first round is like classic debate, so this house believes that women should be given the vote. Marcus Brigstock gets up and argues why women should be given the vote. Rufus Hand gets up and argues why they shouldn't. And then the audience vote on who gave the best argument or the funniest argument or whatever it is. They've all got panels. One of them's red, one of them's blue. So you've got the red team and the blue team and the crowd. The audience vote at the end of each one of these things for who wins. And that's how, it's, that's how the points are awarded. The next one of the other rounds is really good is where a person from one of the teams has to get up and has to talk on a subject. But the idea is they've got visual aids to help them. However, these visual aids, they don't know what's going to go up on the screen. And they haven't been told beforehand. 
or what their subject is going to be. So they have to be talking about how, I don't know, global warming is a bad thing, and then a granny on a motorcycle will show up, and they'll have to try and weave in why the granny on the motorcycle proves the point that <laughs> whatever it is is a bad thing or a good thing or whatever. It is. And it's just, yeah. My favourite round of the lot is one called Flip Flop where a person starts off arguing something in one direction and when a buzzer sounds has to completely switch their argument. Oh my day, that's mad. So it's absolutely fantastic. There's jumping in. It's got a lot of touches of a radio show I love called I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. And that's why I love it, because they do things like that where it's just irreverent and it's just stupid. And you've got people making arguments for the worst kind of things. You know they don't believe it. I love doing that. Imagine just making arguments off this. <laughs> yeah. And so they've got picture. They've got loads of little things. I mean, they've got Hugh Dennis, Charlie Higgs, and loads and loads of really good comedians actually appeared on this show. Yeah. And it's just, um, I think Frankie Boyle even made a few appearances on it. Oh, no, Frankie Boyle lost. That, you right? could, um, it was, at least one series was done on Dave. A couple of them were done by the BBC. I don't know if you can get it on UK TV Play. You can definitely get all of them on YouTube. Okay. There is one absolute brilliant episode. I can't remember which number it is, where Rufus Hound has to argue that um, bodybuilders are wusses, whilst there's a bodybuilder standing in the middle of the room, and he has to stand next to him and argue that the man has a small penis, no brain, <laughs> all these things. He absolutely lays it. <laughs> it's the funniest thing on earth, and you can imagine Rufus Hound, the oh, way he. Legend, bro. That guy's funny as heck. Yeah. So he's it's absolutely top notch. So it's like it's a silly, silly show. I really wish they would bring it back because I think there's a place for it. I think you had to get after a while. They did they did four seasons, one a year for four years, and then stopped. I think you could bring it back now and it wouldn't feel boring if you'd kept doing it just as it was. I think you would have lost people. But now there's been a few years gap. I'd love to see it come back. Because it's a, such a simple format, but so much scope for young comedians, like properly unknown comedians, to really show what they can do. Or more famous comedians to come and do have a bit of fun with. Like Jimmy Carr was a real regular. And he was brilliant at it, because you know the kind of quick wit that he's got. Yeah, definitely. He's got a brain that's quick enough to flip-flop and argue these things and take up somebody else's argument and completely rip it to shreds and all that. It's so much fun. Jimmy Carr I cannot... Uh, it's like I say, it's a silly panel show, but go and watch a couple of episodes on YouTube. It's just stupid fun. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I've got nothing else to say about it. I think I think everybody here will enjoy it. I know Dan was a reasonable fan of it in the past. I, 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 at one point, I wanted to go on it. Yes, I do recall that. <laughs> But yeah, so that that's the show that I wanted to pick this week because, like I say, sometimes I pick really heavy stuff and things that require lots of in-depth analysis. This doesn't. It's fun. It's silly. And yeah, I've got nothing else to say other than I think every single person listening on this podcast, the four of us, would all, all would enjoy it. And I think most of the people who would listen to a podcast like ours would probably enjoy Argumental. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it, man. Love it. Yeah, yeah that's me. Okay. Thanks, Jam. Go on. Bob. No problem. 
Such a nice podcast this week. No one's having a go at each other, isn't it? And Cuban. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to talk about um I've got two shows. Um one of them I think will get a reaction from you. The other one will be maybe not. Um I'm just gonna quickly talk about Pose season two because you know I brought up season one a couple of weeks ago. Um just done season two. Um, obviously, it's from the creators of Glee, American Horror Story, oh, yeah. Ratchet, which I really want to bring up one time. Yeah, I, think, when I, sure, it. Sure, um, I don't think the guy writes these shows, Brian Murphy, Brian Murray. I think he just has the idea. Well, Hollywood as well is another one that seems to have done quite well this year. Um, I'm just going to. So, yeah, post season two, it's more of the same. It's uh, now in the 90s. It's about transsexuals living uh, gay community living in New York. Um, there's a lot of this is the era of Madonna and Vogue and the explosion of you know gay people coming into the mainstream a lot more. Ben, Ben, uh, I can't say Vogue about saying Vogue. Strike a pose, come on now. Come on. Vogue, strike a pose. <laughs> there you go, there you go. And it's a bit more like one more see. time for the people trying to get a sound bite. <laughs> yeah, go on, do it. <laughs> Lovely. Um, <laughs> This season's a lot more light-hearted this time. They've done a bit more... There is one character that passes away. Um, because uh, last season, they there are a couple of characters that have, obviously, the nasty virus um, disease, AIDS and H- HIV, which means eventually, because it's the 90s, there's no cure for it here, um, that they're going to end up... At some point, they're going to end up pulling their like the, the cord, basically on some of these characters in a couple of years. It's going to be sad. But we actually have a death. Um, the funny thing is, though, we do get a whole episode dedicated to this character. Um, and the funny thing is, each character stops to talk to them off on their own for five minutes. And it's really funny because she damn comes, this character comes back throughout the season. as like a comedy character, like a haunting. It's quite funny. Um, so it's a little bit more having fun with it now. Do you know what I mean? It's it's sure of itself now. It knows what it wants to be. Um, you start to see at the end of the season a little bit of the limp sync and, and the drag race appeal starts to come in the 90s where RuPaul would have started his career in the 90s. So you're beginning to see the concept of drag and um, I, I just wanted to say it's still one of the best shows going in America um, and I feel like I'm, I'm getting educated I didn't know that transsexuals um, and drag queens do not get on so well that was interesting to me so I've been educating myself on that this week apparently drag race fans and post fans do not get on um, so you know just guys just respect each other's opinions if you're listening to this and you'll find out both just be nice to each other we can all celebrate everything um, and it's made me laugh. It's still written really well. And it has managed to sneak in a few Glee style numbers. Um, the music's really good. And yeah, so that's post season two continues its good form. But this is the one that I really want to talk about this week. Um, how do I say this? Um, oh, yeah, before I go, before I finish up and pose. Um, it does, because uh, obviously this third season has been delayed due to COVID. Um, so we don't know when it's returning. But 
it does end it does that one thing that i love about a show it has stuff that it can pick up but it doesn't leave anything kind of cliffhanger so you know how many shows have you seen guys where there's been a cliffhanger you don't know the fate of a character and then it doesn't get resolved it's annoying isn't it yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, thankfully, this show does end it. It's got room to go elsewhere. If it wants to come back, it will be coming back for a third season. But they've left themselves with, if it got cancelled tomorrow, if the, if the Earth exploded tomorrow, at least I could die knowing, hey, there's no hanging pot for it to impose. Yeah? Which would be your main concern of the world ended tomorrow, obviously. But, you know, I hate unfinished shows. That's a charm. Yeah, I live a charmed life. I don't have a lot of worries in life. But <laughs> oh, so you're just... a charmed life, Ben. Okay, that's, that's good. <laughs> but obviously, as, as Dan said earlier, I love the costumes. They got the 90s aesthetic down really well. Um, it does feel like it's the 90s. Just, it's incredible to see because my knowledge of the culture has been filled in. As you know, I'm a drag race fan as well. So it's been interesting to see all that. And um, yeah. So that's that. That's um, my fashion tips for the um, for this season. Um, also, I wanted to talk about um, an old favorite. I'm like I'm like Dan. I want to bring up an old favorite. It's a British ITV show, um, and we've talked about the Crystal Maze. There was another game show that I want to talk about. It's called Nightmare. <laughs> oh my god, Nightmare! <laughs> You guys remember this? Trey guard. The guy had the potty put on his head and had to be directed around by other people. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> it's a British TV show from the 80s, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. It's a, a game show, as um, Tom so helpfully just said, uh, where they put a helmet on a cat person's face. It's a team of four. Um, and there's a virtual dungeon. They use green screens and actors and they like they have to guide the blinded person through the dungeon to get through three levels to win the game and it is hilarious because obviously they can't see and they're guided by the dungeon master trade guard and the elf I don't know who the elf is um bollocks but he was really annoying (laughs) he was incredibly annoying I really like trade guard yeah, but what I've noticed rewatching it is Trey Guard always offering hints to the kids. Yes. He gives them That's a I didn't like come when I was younger. Um, and it's really nerve wracking, actually, because it's really hard for them to guide the guy because he can't see. Um, it's got a bit of a cult following in America, apparently. They know what it is. There's a nightmare for, uh, live experience happening at the moment. Um, I want to go with you guys, like the Crystal Maze one one day. I just want to take you guys. <laughs> and you get to keep a DVD of it. They film it like a proper nightmare show. Um, so, okay. so one of us would have to be in the middle getting directions from the other three. We have to do that one day. So, but anyway. Um, Pickle, Pickle the Elf was played by David Lerner. He's even got a prickish name. Dear God. <laughs> He also voiced um, Marvin the Paranoid Android in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy TV show. That's why I wanted to stop Marvin. Um, So, um, it's a good game show. It's a bit weird. Um, The acting can be a bit off. It's a bit pantomime. 
but it's charm. It's got a lot of charm to it. The jester, I want to drop kick into a fiery inferno. Um, fiery inferno. They are dicks. They can be real dicks sometimes, the producers, because they just screwed them over the bomb room. There's always like a bomb room where they got like a 30, about 20 seconds to get the guy out of the bomb room. They have to, so they have to go sidestep yeah. left, sidestep right, go forward. You always knew which kids they thought were pricks by how difficult the levels were. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If they were cocky shits, they were going down. But if they were like well adjusted, they would give them yeah. plenty of opportunities. Plenty, uh, precisely. Um, later seasons, um, they did first, uh, when they go through doors, they started to use outdoor scenes to transition to the next bit. Did you guys ever, when I was a child, I found these bits very scary because it's all dark and a black door. Did anyone ever find the show scary? Because some of the architecture was a bit scary. No, never. I, 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 was, a, I was a horror kid, so I'm fine with it. I, yeah, I don't remember ever being scared of it, no. Never. No. I remember being really frustrated. <laughs> especially, when them, especially when they paused them. And I was like going against, uh, there's a war monster, normally on level one, and they always try to do the um, riddles, and they were fun to try and guess. Um, yes. There are some people. There's been times when, like, collapsing platforms. There's that famous bit where the kid went right to the left and completely just bottled it and fell out, fell off. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. And there is some bits where it's quite violent, like sores and stuff. And you know, it's the just as annoying. Some of the actors are annoying. There was a YouTube version. A couple of years ago, with Emma Blackbury, Ashens, um, Jap Septakai, and who else? I can't remember. Some British YouTubers, basically. And you can imagine the amount of snark that Ashens and Emma Blackbury would give them. Um, they told Tregar to basically F off at one point. Um, you should go watch that. I hope it comes back because they could do a lot with the graphics now. Yeah, but part of the joy of it was that it was crap graphics. Exactly. <laughs> that's part of the, that's part of the beauty of it. graphics. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I think I think both points stand though, because yeah, you could bring it back now and you could do some cool stuff with the graphics and still have a lot of the charm there, but yeah. it would be different. It would be a different television show, exactly. but it would be the same brand. Yeah, um, because I've brought up. Uh, I think, Dan, you weren't here when I brought up Games Master, but lately I've just realised what a golden era I lived in growing up as a child. <laughs> Nightmare, I would come home every week to watch it. It was like appointment television. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't missing Nightmare. If, if Grange Hill and Biker Grove were on the other side, I would just watch Nightmare. I would black out <laughs> Biker Grove and Grange Hill because Nightmare would be my instant watch. And my family would be told to leave me alone for like half an hour. If you interrupted me, you would have throw, food thrown at you. Whatever I had. Nice to know you were always a reasonable human being, Ben. The <laughs> few shows that I would just want quiet on. This is before. I mean, it's not really a compliment to say I'm not surprised, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Back in that day, you couldn't pause stuff. You had to watch it live. If people talked, that was it. You lost it. Like, there was only a couple of shows I did it for. Nightmare, Game of <laughs> Thrones, uh, Christmas Maze. If you interrupted me on those shows, 
you're going to get a remote control aimed at your head. And I've apologized to my family numerous times. And a few friends. I never threw it hard enough. I just threw it very gently. <sighs> like a half-assed throw. Even back then, I wasn't an arsehole. Um, but the theme tune's good. And yeah, please bring it back. And one day we will do a video thing for YouTube of us going to do the live action one. <laughs> and we'll put the DVD up on our personal DVD up on our YouTube channel. I told you there's a uh, you can play the Crystal Maze in Central London now, didn't I? Yes, and we will do it once COVID's done. Is <laughs> that as the team of four? We just we could bring Sammy and someone else for the team of six for Crystal Maze. Yeah, Sam and someone else. Ah, oh, I know someone actually. I can bring someone. Um, he's a fan of the show, Jordan. If you're listening, hello there. Me and Tom say hello. Hey, Jordan. Yeah, um, number one fan for my job. Um, yeah, so. Um, yeah, we could do a team of six, but we'll do that one day. All right, that's me done. Lovely. Yeah. All right. So, Tom. That's, that's us then. <laughs> I, 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 I want to mention one thing before we completely sign off. Yeah, sure, Tom. Exactly what my immediate plans are after this, because uh, it's not a TV thing, really. It was aired on television a while ago. Yeah. But. It's like a, a single 45-minute standalone that was part of something called the uh, Jim Henson Hour. You yes. guys know I'm a massive Jim Henson fan. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and the introduction to this was just Jim Henson having a talk with people, talking about the creature shop, uh, showing some of the work that gets done on things like the storyteller and um, all sorts of things. Hmm. Um, then the, he introduces this uh, this show called Monster Maker. It's like a short film. Okay. Uh, has anyone ever heard of it? No. Monster Maker. Nah, I may have seen it, but I don't think I Completely, completely hidden gem. Uh, teenager Matt Banting wants to work with a famous but eccentric creature FX man but gets more than he bargained for when one of the creatures a giant dragon-like ultra gorgon yeah. comes to life and takes them under his wing that is forced to confront his inner monsters while working out his issues with his father it's real sort of the coming of age it's a bit of a tearjerker it's a bit fantastical it's everything the creature workshop does well mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I managed to get myself a copy. Nice. Okay. The thing which, like, is the most standout about this whole thing is the actual monster. And the way the monster is portrayed by Michael Gambon. Oh! <laughs> Dumbledore. <clears throat> Dumbledore number two, right? Yeah, uh, th this is this is shades of. Oh, you see, there's a character here that was also used somewhere else. Okay. Uh, if anyone ever gets a chance to have a, a view of it, this is exactly what I'm going to be doing with my evening. But <laughs> well, bring it back next week then, because it sounds like something we can listen to. <laughs> 
Love it, love it. Tom, tell us, tell them how they can send all their complaints about what I said this week. Tell them where to do that. You can send all of your complaints to Square Eyed Syndrome twenty twenty at gmail dot com. Okay. With subject head, I am a Ben bully. I am a Ben. <laughs> also, do spread the word, please. Do subscribe, please. Do hit the notification button if you're listening on YouTube, please. Do. Put us on in the background whenever your friends are on, on fairly low level, whenever you have to go off and have a shit. <laughs> if we get lots of female fans, we might start doing a topless calendar for you. No, no, we're, not. we're not doing that. No, ben, um... Ben, Ben, Ben. <laughs> no. If you want to do a topless calendar for our female fans... It was sell about two copies. Then we will stop having female fans. But you, uh... <laughs> but anyway, so it's goodbye for me. Goodbye for me. Goodbye for me. And goodbye for me. And we'll be back next week for Black Mirror. I hope you're all ready for that. Anyway, so have a good evening. Bye. All right.